I breathe the air from another planet. Arnold Schoenberg From a Sotheby's Catalog On Truth by Philip Etchison My writing block, it seems, is permanent. As a result, I find my annual address from the poetry chair of this august institution to be more and more of a joke year after year. What can one talk about when one has been struck dumb? What eternal verities may I discourse on? Do I have a right to discourse at all? I have decided to venture into the treacherous shoals of ontology. The greatest minds of all time have striven to answer the great question once posed by Pontius Pilate. Well, not all. Jesus Christ, to whom the question was addressed, managed to avoid answering it. And the Lord Buddha managed to skirt the issue by telling us that truth does not exist. I had more or less reached the same conclusion when, one morning, I heard a sound which I knew instinctively and unquestioningly to be an absolute truth. The sound came from my seven-year-old son, Chris, who has been diagnosed by some as autistic, and who cannot, or does not, choose to speak. Coffee-stained manuscript found in a shredder at Blair House, Washington, D.C., along with a prescription for Prozac believed to be in the handwriting of Philip Etchison. Analysis available for viewing one week before the auction, 9 a.m. through 4.30 p.m. Offered by an anonymous source. Reserve, $15,000. Chapter 1 Christmas in the White House Serena Somers It was the 90s the time before the mad millennium. But a dollar could no longer buy a Coke and a candy bar. Indeed, the 90s had only a few more days to run. Indeed, some people would have said they were over. But the man I worked for was quite particular about how the first of the new millennium was not 2000, but 2001. It's simple math, he would tell me, staring at me with those wide, ingenuous eyes because there is no year zero. If we were computers, then I'd say, yes, the first millennium goes from zero to 999, the second from 1000 to 1999, but it ain't so. Ask Arthur C. Clarke. He wrote the book on it. And would not chuckle, of course, at his own joke, for he was a man who expected others to provide the laugh track, the punditry, the musical accompaniment to his every soundbite. Yes, Mr. President, I said. It was the 90s, the time before the mad millennium, and during the brief span of those 90s, I had gone from a gung-ho student activist with shining ideals to the live-in lover of the President of the United States of Armorica. Everybody knew, and nobody minded anymore, because the millennium was upon us, and for all we knew, the end of the world was nigh. A man with a placard to that effect walked daily back and forth in front of the White House, and no one had the heart to send him packing because this man, you know, knew things. He had been on Letterman once, and he thinks that the world we live in is only a shadow of the real world. 
a world in which our country is called America. Are they here yet? Jesus, I hate Christmas, said the president. We still have fifteen minutes, Mr. President, I said. I called him Mr. President because you never know who might be listening. America, said the man with the placard on Letterman, was vastly different from our own world, yet strangely the same. In America, there was no Letterman per se, Letterman having been suspended by some other late-night talk show host whose name, said the man with the placard, he could never quite recall when he awoke from those troublesome dreams wherein this true world showed forth images of itself, images as evanescent and can't quite put your finger on a bull as a Zelazny fantasy novel, such novels being yet another figment of the man with the placard's dream reality.